Welcome to Friends in Prison. I'm Claire Aronson, and I have 29 Friends in Prison. Welcome to Season 2 of Friends in Prison. We have a great number of things to talk about this season. New pen pals, um, pen pals finding love in prison, and at least three of my pen pals preparing to see the parole board. So we have a lot of really exciting things coming up this season. And you can listen every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. or anytime that you want to download the podcast and listen throughout the week. Um, You don't have to be an early riser like me. That's all right. Today, I want to talk about a subject that you might be sick of hearing about, and that is COVID-19. Um, I want to let you know my my friend Ariana, who is a, a wonderful crafter, she made a beautiful beaded bracelet for me. And when I thanked her and told her how much I liked it, I think I might have sent her a picture of myself wearing it. Um, she made four more bracelets, one for each of my kids. Um, Ariana's a little bit older than me. So I think she's in her late 40s, maybe early 50s, and she has grown children. And uh, she is also a crocheter, and we will talk a little bit more about that later. So Ariana caught COVID while she was in prison, and she had to, um, she was going to the medical clinic, and they were offering her Tylenol and telling her to rest. There were other women who were taking care of her, but I believe she had moved. It seems to me that at some point she was in um, a new unit. And so she didn't really know anybody, you know, she didn't have any good friends, but there were people who were also prisoners who were taking care of her. And she ended up having to go to the hospital because of the COVID. She was on a ventilator and then she did return to the prison. So um, I'm going to read you a little something from the ACLU of Minnesota about my pen pal. COVID-19 has spread like wildfire at the Low Security Federal Correctional Institute in Waseca, where there was com- where that was completely avoidable. One positive test in August led to 439 inmates contracting the virus in just three months, a staggering 70% of inmates. That's according to a lawsuit filed by the ACLU of Minnesota and Ballard Spa LLP, Wednesday in U.S. District Court, Minnesota. Um, Just to uh, put in a little sidebar here, this was December 9th of 2020. The lawsuit alleges that Waseca Prison Warden M. Starr and Director of the Federal Bureau of Prisons Michael Carvajal are refusing to release medically vulnerable people with conditions including autoimmune diseases, diabetes, asthma, hypertension, and obesity to ensure their safety from COVID-19, which would decrease the prison population and make social distancing possible. They are also failing to provide adequate health care or sanitation. The Bureau of Prisons has failed to respond in any meaningful way to the pandemic, leading to uncontrolled outbreaks in several facilities, including FCI Waseca, said an ACLU MN staff attorney, Claire Deagle. Ooh, great first name. Refusing to release medically vulnerable people who are at the most risk <coughs> from COVID-19. Oh, excuse me. What a horrible place to cough. <clears throat> All right. Let me just, I just a little bit of a dry throat, not COVID related. I'm going to take a sip of tea. Refusing to release medically vulnerable people who are at the most risk from COVID-19 and instead packing them into bunks just a few feet apart is no way to handle a highly infectious and deadly virus, 
the Bureau of Prisons is failing to act with either common sense or humanity. The lawsuit seeks emergency orders requiring the immediate transfer of the most medically vulnerable individuals to home confinement, immediate implementation of social distancing and hygiene measures, and adequate medical care for those still suffering from COVID-19, even after the BOP has declared them recovered. The circumstances these individuals have been put in are a travesty of how a prison should treat its inmates. We need immediate action to rectify this deplorable situation and to prevent this situation from arising again, said Wally Hulk. Uh, yeah, Hulk. It is who is part of a pro bono team at Ballard Spa with attorneys Jonathan M. By, Lietta Walker, and Daniel C. Fenisell. So many of the vulnerable prisoners in Waseca are serving sentences they would not receive today in any humane sentencing system, said Professor Jane Ann Murray, director of the University of Minnesota's Law School Clemency Program, whose students assisted in researching this lawsuit. The BOP had a chance to release a large portion of them to home confinement and failed to do so. Hopefully, in addition to global action the ACLU seeks, this lawsuit causes judges to use their power to grant individual prisoners compassionate release. This lawsuit is called Ariana et al. v. m. Star in her official capacity as warden of the Federal Correctional Institute Waseca and Michael Cartvigel in his official capacity as director of the Bureau of Prisons. So um, I haven't heard. I mean, this is... Nine months later, I haven't heard any update from Ariana on the lawsuit, um, only to know that she is continuing to to work towards getting some sort of justice in this particular case. So, and you know, I'm curious about everything. So I asked her, and hopefully we'll hear back soon, about how she found the pro bono law firm and um, if anyone else in the prison is working with her on this case. It is it is all very curious. And if the prison is doing anything at this point, now that we've had another spike, um, she has talked about being quarantined. Um, she has a room that has a large window. There's no doors on the cell that she's in right now. So maybe I can read you exactly what she wrote. How are you doing? I hope this finds that you are doing great. It's always great to hear from you, and I'm glad the kids are well. I did get a photo of me. The steroids I have to take are making me all swollen, as you can see. But God has blessed me with being alive. Um, then, I, then she starts talking about uh, this crochet pattern, which I have to tell you all about. I know the check was for more than what the two patterns are, um, but the rest can go for ink and paper. Hi, friend. Can you go to www.ralvalry.com and get the crochet patterns for me for this and the other? And can I send another check for some more patterns? So she sent me. It was very funny because first I got this check. I know I'm going to switch topics now and switch from COVID-19, which that's all I know. I know that she's filed the lawsuit and I know that she's disappointed in the way that people are handling things there. You know, basically they have masks and uh, they have lockdowns and they stop visitations. So um, that's what I have to say about COVID-19 in Waseca. So um, oh, I feel like sometimes when I'm talking about my friend in Minnesota that I have to start using an accent, but I don't really know the Minnesota accent, eh? Uh, so. 
my friend Ariana sent me a money order and I get the money order in the mail and I'm like, hmm, it's a $10 money order. This seems very strange. Uh, I don't know why I'm getting this, you know? And then a day or two later, I got a card from her asking if I would find these crochet patterns and send to her. And I was like, oh, well, look, I looked up this crochet pattern and it only cost $6, but you sent me a check for 10. And she was like, apparently, so she sent me this card that says, okay, yeah, great. I would like some other patterns. Should I send you another check? Well, little did I know that the pattern she had asked me for was 100 pages. So once I pay for the pattern, I have to download it, print it out, and then mail it to her. It costs about $10 just to mail 100 sheets of paper. So um, I called her facility today because I was like, you know what? I don't want to fold it. I want to put it in an 8x10 envelope, and I want to know what are the rules. So the rules are the envelope needs to be white. The paper needs to be all black and white. If it's not, they will photocopy it. And I was like, seriously? Well, that's great news because I already printed it all out in color. I just thought that it would be easier to see the pattern if it was in color. You know, sometimes the, the yarn is changing color and it's just easier to see exactly where that happens in a color printout. So, okay, I can send it like this. But if I do more for her, I should just print it out in the first place in black and white. That's better for me, better for them. Okay. Um, and I think it's very sweet that she asked if she should send me more money. So, you know, I'm curious, does, does she have a job? How does she get her money? And this is also interesting. It's a, just an interesting juxtaposition with another friend of mine, um, somebody I've been writing back and forth with for three years. And this other pen pal asked me for money. Now, I will tell you, if you have a pen pal, I think the most that you need to send them is $10 a year, maybe around their birthday, or if for some reason you think that they could use this $10. This pen pal says to me that he had just been transferred. He doesn't have any help from anyone. And in his words, everything costs money, clothes, shoes, and food. But we know that's not true. Yes, you can get clothes. You can get a pair of shoes. You can get food from the commissary, but you don't have to. Though the the bare, and I stress bare, necessities are provided for you. Um, and he asked for $100. $100 is just so much more than what I can afford, especially considering that I have 29 pen pals, you know. Um, in order for me to give $10 a year is $300. You know, on top of the money that I spend on stamps and writing supplies, so, which which is fine. I mean, that's minimal. I, I don't have a problem spending 20 bucks a month on stamps or things like that, you know. Um, maybe it's $30 a month. You know, it's, it's definitely doable for me, and I like to do it. I don't see it as an expense that I'm spending on my pen pals. It's just an expense. So, I had gotten a letter from my friend Daniel, speaking of money, and he was saying that he was waiting until Christmas because he gets money from his family and he would buy himself a new pair of shoes. They were $40. He was talking about having shin splints. And I can totally understand why you would not just want but need new shoes. And that's $40. So I understand why this other pen pal would ask me for $100. And if, if a friend of mine 
here, I don't even know what the what the right verbiage is, you know, um, someone that I know face to face. If this person went to prison, if my friend Marie went to prison, of course, I would send her $100, you know. But when it's a pen pal, I feel like I should be careful that it's not someone trying to take advantage of me. And also that I do what I can afford, because if I get in over my head, I'm not going to be able to have 29 pen pals anymore. So um, I did send him some money, not $100, but um, most prisons have a program called JPay. You can use JPay to email people in prison, and you can also use it to send money. So I go to the money counter at Walmart, and I tell them that I need MoneyGram to send money to um, this person that's in prison. And they were like, do you know this person? Well, first they were like, oh, we use JPay. I'm like, yeah, well, his his particular facility doesn't use JPay. He has to use MoneyGram. And uh, they said, have you ever met him? And I said, no, he's my pen pal. They were like, if you haven't met him, you can't send him money. And I was like, okay, we're, we're talking about $10 here. I know he's in prison. I'm not expecting him to send anything back. It's not a scam. You know, if he uses the $10 on ramen, that's fine with me. If he uses it on whatever he's going to use it on, you know, deodorant, I don't know, um, or save up for that new pair of $40 shoes, whatever he needs the money for, that's that's his prerogative. It's not a scam. So they, I did finally convince them to let me send the $10. And uh, when I was looking at the fee for sending the money and and after all of this uh, pain to accomplish this errand, I ended up sending 20. So I think, of course, I could tell my friend Ariana, no, no, don't worry about sending me more money. But on the other hand, she wants two more patterns. And like I said, each pattern costs about $6 to download. And if you're a crocheter, let me know, what do you think of this Ravelry.com and their patterns? Um, and on top of printing out 100 pages of this pattern, it's going to cost me $10 to ship each one. So if she has the money, maybe it makes sense. Hey, sure, I'll do this favor for you. All you have to do is send me the money for it. Um, she did ask if I would set up a Facebook page for her. And I think I kind of glossed over it when I was talking to her. I was like, you know, this is not something I know a lot about. I mean, I did set up my Facebook page, but, you know, I'm really not interested in, in going back and forth, checking your Facebook page for you. I mean, unless I said on the Facebook page, don't leave any comments here. She can't read them, <laughs> but you can write to her if you want to, and here's her address. Um, but that is something that I have not followed through on. Um, Ariana asked me for a couple of other favors. I'm trying to think there was something else. Oh, she wanted to set up a pen pal site through Lost Vault. So if you are looking for a pen pal, go check out Lost Vault. And that one is only $10 for the people who are in prison. And for people who are looking for a pen pal, it's absolutely free. So definitely go and check out lostvault.com. And uh, finally, I want to tell you my COVID experiences this year. It's something that I have written about over and over again with my pen pals. And uh, it might be an explanation as to why I sound so flighty because it has just been crazy. 
I sent my four kids to school, and after one day, my youngest was sent home because of a COVID contact. His school said that he had to stay out for 10 days, which at that point was pretty much two weeks. And there was no way to send him back early. It didn't matter if he got a test. Um, I called and I talked to a bunch of people and I'm like, well, I don't know who the decision makers are. Do I have to talk to the school board? Um, when I talked to the medical clinic, they said, you know, we can't be certain of the incubation period. So he needs to stay out for the full two weeks. And I was like, two weeks, you know, you, are you telling me the incubation period could be 13 days? I mean, this is just ridiculous. And I understand, of course, they came back with it's a pandemic. And I was like, okay, except he's not sick. He's 11. He's not in the vulnerable category. He it probably won't be a vector. He won't be spreading COVID-19. And, you know, even if he did come down with it, he wouldn't get that sick from it, you know? So, however, the real dangers to him are anxiety, depression, learning delays. I mean, this could be, these kinds of quarantines could be really tragic for him. Uh, and I'm going, I, I know you're just, you're following the rules. I don't need to get upset with you. You know, I just need to get his schoolwork and do the best that we can do. Unfortunately, we didn't get any schoolwork during that first quarantine. So I gave him my own schoolwork. I was sending emails. I was calling. I don't know why we didn't get any email over that. I think that the teacher was really thrown aback by having kids out that very first week. Um, my oldest was also quarantined at that time, and both my oldest and my youngest need a lot of direction and help with focus. So, fine, I did that. Um, the oldest was allowed to go back after, I think it was five days, you know, so she was back in school, fine. No more problems there. I send my youngest back to school, and one day Later, the school calls and says, I'm really sorry, but we're sending him home on a quarantine. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I go and I pick him up and I rearranged my whole schedule and I'm I'm figuring out, okay, I've got to teach him for the next two weeks. And at least this time he did come home with work. So that was that was really great, especially because he gives me that look when I tell him to do stuff. And it's so much easier for me to be like, I'm not the one telling you to do this. You know, your teacher is telling you to do this. So then we got great news from his school. They said that he could get tested and he could return to school if he was negative. He had to get the test on Saturday or Sunday and he needed the results of the test by 5 p.m. on Sunday. It could not be an over-the-counter test. No problem. Uh, it can't be a PCR test in that case because sometimes they take up to three days. You know, even if I got it done Saturday morning, I couldn't guarantee I'd have it by 5 p.m. on Sunday. So we found him a rapid test. This uh, clinic, oh, by the way, since we got this information, I think Thursday afternoon, all of the Walgreens and the CVSs in our area were already booked. All of their appointments for Saturday and Sunday booked. So I started calling urgent care centers. I found one where the cost was $75. I found another where they would do it for free. Great. So in the phone recording, it says that I should go online to make the appointment. I go online and I'm filling out all of the questionnaire, all of the information, 
and it comes to insurance information and there's a drop down with, I don't know, like a million insurance companies. So our insurance company is not there and it's not possible to manually enter the name of your insurance company. So I just said no insurance, finished filling it out, got the appointment and I take him to the clinic for the appointment Saturday morning. I hand them my insurance card and they go, oh, by the way, we don't know if your insurance company is going to pay for this. This isn't somebody we regularly work with. This is a smaller insurance company. So you're going to have to pay $149 up front and maybe you'll get reimbursed. And I was like, maybe I never handed you that insurance card and I don't have insurance. Because if you don't have insurance, the CARES Act will pay for your COVID test. They don't care why you need the COVID test. They don't care how many times you want to go get a COVID test. They don't care how much income you have or how much savings you have. All they care about is whether or not you have insurance. So you're saying that somebody who has a lot more money than me and didn't bother to get insurance gets a free test. But because I got insurance and I need this for him to go back to school, I have to pay $149. Potentially, I have to pay $149. At the time, I was just so upset. <clears throat> I felt, see, here I am coughing while we're talking about COVID. That's not right. So I was just disappointed in myself. I should have, on Thursday or Friday, called my insurance company to verify that they would work with this particular um, urgent care center or where they recommended that I should go, but I did not do that. And now it's Saturday and there's no one at the insurance company. So I get on the phone. I find another clinic where it costs $100. And now I feel like I'm in this gambling situation. Do I use the $149 place where maybe I'm going to get all of that money back? Do I go with the $100 place where maybe I'm going to get that money back? Or do I go with the cheapest place, which is $75, but I know I'm not going to get repaid? Well, I went with the $100 clinic. And so that place also didn't require me to pay up front. So if my insurance company doesn't pay, they're going to send me a bill. It has been two weeks and I haven't gotten a bill yet. I'd like to think that it would be really bad publicity for an insurance company to deny a claim like a COVID test for an 11-year-old who needs to return to school. So we shall see exactly what the insurance company says. Um, but for now, we did not have to pay for it. And I sent him back to school. He was in school for a full week and then two more days before they called again. And uh, my husband actually picked up the phone, so he had to call me and tell me. And he had this kind of sheepish voice like, um, I have some bad news. And I was like, what? I'm not going to freak out about it. <sighs> I felt much better about that call just because I knew if I get him the negative COVID test, he's allowed to go back to school. You know, if you told me that every time I sent him to school, they were going to call me the next day and he had to stay out for two weeks, I would have I would have keep kept freaking out. But knowing I can get him the test this time, I go to the school and I pick him up. Uh, my son goes to a boarding school that is about two and a half hours away from me. It's a specialty school for the deaf and blind. And when I get there, they tell me, oh, by the way, if you bring him back here Monday morning, you can get the test. And they gave me the name of the clinic. 
then email us the results. We'll be looking for them Monday morning and he can come to class Monday morning. And I was like, but I live two and a half hours away. And they're like, oh yeah, just get here at 7 a.m. And I was like, clearly you don't think he's going to test positive for COVID or you would never recommend that I drive two and a half hours to get the test. If it does come up positive, I'm going to have to turn around with him and drive two and a half hours back. But he has absolutely zero symptoms. Um, I brought him home on Wednesday and I'm recording this Friday night. So still no symptoms, just like the other two times. Also, his teacher only gave me two days worth of work. So she must not think that he is going to test positive, uh, which really makes me curious about these quarantines that the kids are going through. How many kids are sent home on a quarantine and test positive and have to stay out for the full quarantine? How many of them are being sent home? Because I've heard that on average, every child who tests positive, 19 kids are sent home for an exposure. Now, I don't know. Uh, I feel horrible. I should take better notes. But look, I'm pulling my hair out, taking care of kids who are in quarantine. So um, there, there is a different number for the kids who are in high school because they're changing classes. Maybe they have more exposure to the other kids than for kids who are, say, in a small kindergarten or first grade classroom. But my son is in a very small classroom. He must just be super social, running around talking to everybody on campus. And then one person comes up positive and they're like, well, every time we got to send that Aronson kid home. Sorry. So anyways, I really, that is just about all the time that I have to go on and on about COVID with you today. So um, I have printed out all of Ariana's COVID pattern. It is for a beautiful crocheted dragon, and I am excited to see her. Uh, hopefully, she can take a picture after she has crocheted it. And um, I'm going to put that in the mail for her tomorrow. Now that I know, um, I spoke directly with her facility. I'm going to go back. Yeah, maybe I should have mentioned this before. They said, I need to put it in a white envelope. It can't be more than 13 ounces, which I think the 100-page pattern, some of it was on one-sided paper, some of it I printed on both sides, um, comes out to just at 13 ounces. So um, I might take out 10 pages and put that in a separate envelope or something like that just to be on the safe side. If it were more than 13 ounces, it's considered a package and it has to be on a specially approved list. You can send packages from places like Amazon and a couple of other vendors. So if you ever want to send something to somebody in prison, you want to send them a used book or something like that, it's very easy. Just make sure that Amazon or the Barnes & Noble, whatever vendor you want to use, is an approved vendor for their facility and you can send it directly to them. Um, you can also send pictures directly from the um, photography company, whether it's the Walgreens or Snapfish or, or whatever it is. So I just want to thank you so much for listening to me. I hope that you are all well and that any of you who may have COVID recover quickly and don't freak out too much about your quarantine. Uh, definitely let everybody know about the podcast. Uh, if you're not subscribed, you definitely want to take care of that. And as always, find your own friends in prison. <laughs>